This is Total Retail Tech Insights. The content retail executives need to optimize their use of technology throughout their organizations. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Total Retail Tech Insights. I'm Joe Keenan, the Editor-in-Chief of Total Retail, and I'm joined on this episode by Alex Galkin, the CEO and founder of Capoterra. Alex and I are going to talk a little bit about Compaterra and the solution that it is offering to help retailers' businesses. So thanks for joining me today, Alex. And thank you, Joe. Thank you for inviting me and having me today. So to get us started, why don't we kind of level set and have you tell our audience uh, a little bit about Compaterra. And then secondly, why you I meant, noted that you're the founder of the company. Tell us a little bit about the origin story on why you decided to, to launch Compaterra. Yeah, thank you, Joe. And then an amazing question. Uh, actually, we're on the mission to help retailers to optimize their prices today. And the reason why I started this story, because I was spent six years uh, in Deloitte, where my team was focusing on exactly the same, uh, helping retailers and brands find the optimal price position cross-border and cross days and months. And since that days, it was honestly very, very inefficient. We run multiple thousands hours of the calculation of the strategies raising up top of Excel, etc. It was so inefficient. And my engineering background, I said, actually my diploma was electronic nose when I modeled the, the smile picture based on very early uh, algos of neural network. It's like, you know, and my internal like engineering background always screaming, hey, Alex, we're doing something wrong. And I see how hard it is for retailers to keep their optimal prices and actually receive those advice on some efficient and actually affordable way. And honestly, I came to my boss and trying to create this internally and say, give me the budget, give me the engineers and we can create it and make all those uh, analysis faster and cheaper for the end user. And my boss turned back to me and say, hey, Alex, you're just killing our business. <laughs> we not designed to charge for subscriptions, we charge for hours. And it was really triggered for me like to uh, like step down from the, uh, very well-paid position and start uh, my own mission with helping retailers to keep optimal prices on a daily basis. Great. So that gives kind of an, an overview of um, the story behind Comitera and, and why you decided to, to launch it. No, my second question, Alex, is knowing what you know today, if you could go back in time, <laughs> which would be a great, great ability for anyone, and give yourself one piece of advice from when you were start, first starting uh, Capitera, what would that be? Oh, the amazing question. You know, that is a great story because I spent a lot of money trying to do it like based on my outsourcing and engineering background. And I think that my biggest advice, guys, started, uh, you should be a bit crazy to start something. If like you have some savings, it's a good idea, but you should be a bit crazy. And secondly, that's build the bring your product to the market as soon as possible. Don't wait and don't tune your product. Uh, multiple months. Uh, this is, we will definitely change maybe eight from 10 features since your launch is why bring your product to the market as soon as possible and don't wait the perfect moment. So let's talk a little bit about um, what it's like kind of live a life in the day of you uh, as a tech founder running a really a, a truly global company with nearly a hundred employees, all of them kind of scattered all over the world in this remote hybrid working environment. Tell us a little bit about what your day looks like um, in your current role. <laughs> yeah, that's right. This is quite challenging because you need to balance very well your timing. And you know, like who's like, I'm engineering 
technically CEO. I have no specific education for uh, or MBAs. What I done before, right, to run the hundred people team, and yeah, that is. I'm crazy about my calendar, and my team knows that I'm uh, I'm good on like uh, text and writing, reading communication. Try to minimize uh, calls and face-to-face uh, -face meetings. If like something what we can solve like immediately through the conversation over email or Slack, that is the best way to do it. And yeah, that is like my morning. Usually the tip sometimes for yourself, for your family and health, like the morning gym, then uh, task, task, task. <laughs> honestly, sometimes like the, 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 my team who will listen to this, honestly, they know it like to book my time is even harder than book the meeting room in the office sometimes. And you need to book it the week in advance. I'm really crazy about the calendar, scheduling all the stuff. Like, yeah, this quite usual days, uh, save some time for the lunch and dinner and have very productive conversation with a clear agenda in each of my calendar call. What is the goal of the meeting, attendees, et cetera. I just, I trying to protect the the calendar as, 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 uh, as, as hard as this possible. Yeah, and it's quite fun. I still try to be close to the product side even like and uh, again right now in the remote world i am proud that we probably create a very like great team they really self-efficient and uh we we have this like numbers of the values in Computera, and one of the value that is like uh take full ownership and actually uh, it means that you if you take some task you really can do it like 100 percent on your own and you will request the help if like this is crucial you need it yeah, and actually the second value is actually respect the time of your colleague the more than yourself. I mean that you are not giving like not completed tasks. If you ask something for some help or advice, you think twice before that. Yeah, it helps to keep the lights on, you know, yep. <laughs> especially just imagine we have customers from New Zealand and United States. In some day you need to woke up at 3 a.m., <laughs> go sleep like at, at 12. <laughs> yep, you're, you're, you're really uh, managing across multiple, multiple time zones at that point. And it's probably leading to uh, kind of crazy schedules, but uh, you know, in support of the retail clients that you're working with. So, um, which actually, I kind of want to talk about the retail environment today, considering, you know, all that's going on with between rising inflation, some of the overstocks that have been uh, the result of some of the supply chain disruption we've seen in the marketplace. Tell us a little bit about what you're seeing and hearing from your clients uh, regarding the, the current retail market. And then secondly, how are you at, at Compaterra trying to help retailers address some of those challenges? Uh, yeah, Joe, thank you. That's a really uh, nice question. And the first of all, yeah, market, market is crazy in multiple options so even start this, this crazy starts during the COVID year right and then uh, then because this is a global recession etc and we're in the middle of the Europe and the main point that right now the funny fact is like a tailwind for the computer product because even in 2018 when we started it was really for me we should like we're trying to evangelize the problem and the need we say guys hey we can help you to find the optimal price position across like multiple factors online and offline to keep the price optimal to not oversell to not over rely on competition but it was like really like nice to have because in most cases you know like retailers just cutting their prices <laughs> yeah and they was fine with the result they chasing only revenue and really 
uh, and observing the margin and gross profits. Right now is absolutely opposite. You see all those shortage with Walmart, Target announced it. And right now the retailers finally need to rise the price because it's rising of the labor costs, inflations, and they're looking for the optimal solutions. What they try to find the, uh, some GP, the bottom line lift, right? And yeah, market is crazy. Uh, but again, the COVID actually helped with some adoption for the retail lives. Right now, I went, we can even seeing the some backstory, like the people who really rise very well on COVID stuff because people just sitting at home and shopping, right? <laughs> when you're boring, you do shopping. Uh, and by the way, when you stress, you also do shopping. This is like a scientific fact. And But right now we see uh, the retailers in most verticals as well, as I just landed from the grocery shop this year, they see the slight um, uh, decrease in the customer shoppings, right? They're spending less, not only just because recession, it's just because they're also back into their offline world uh, life, right? And this is, and honestly, the different retailers, uh, again, depends on their industries. They said that differently, someone feels anyway, the growth, they're growing in multiple directions. Someone say, oh, we'll with some cow and plateau or even decreasing. Yeah. And as I mentioned, this is like really crazy challenging market. And and you right now need to be careful and balance your <laughs> your PL by the end of the day, mm -hmm. right? But balance your price position. And of course, you need to increase your price. By the end of the day, guys, all retailers is increasing the prices. But this is a way they increase the price that way that customer will less affected and still uh, you will still winning the customer trust. This is a real challenge as where actually we are helping. <laughs> yeah, let's let's follow up on that a little bit, Alex. You know, and uh, you know, rising prices are inevitable, and I think consumers are are accepting of that, or at least if not accepting, they understand that you know all of the costs for retailers, um, you know, they're also impacted by inflation. So the cost of goods to to make product and ship product is going up. So um, some of that is going to fall down to the consumer in, in terms of paying more. With that in mind, what are your tips or ideas for brands and retailers um, that are having to rise, raise costs um, to combat inflation to do that and um, still maintain that customer trust and loyalty? Are there any suggestions, tips you might have around that? Yeah, the great question again. Thank you. Uh, the first of all, the great tips for you, for all of you guys, they, right now, this group, they all, our consumers, customers, they really know that the pricing is, is growing, right? As, a, as well as the same, actually, when you do shopping before the Christmas, you know that this price is increasing, right? That is like, uh, this is like good thing. I mean, that customer in, in the general, they less compliant about the growing prices because they know they're growing everywhere, including their electricity and utility bills, right? Uh, but the, the, the great uh, suggestion here is actually try to keep price uh, to to know your we call the super KPIs the items what really brings you great traffic and try if if you have enough strong data uh, insights here like what we done we suggest you to keep the super KPIs as low as possible even a bit less than your gross profit targets or even like gross margin sorry targets or on that same price or even a bit lower just because you can continue saving this trust, but we call this a portfolio effect. And when you know that the piece of banana generate the main traffic on this corner shop, the keep 
keep generating this. Do not change the price on your KVI items, please. And we call this super KVI because this KVI can be like location specific or even time of the day specific. Yeah, on those key items, I suggest to keep the price as low as possible, even if you uh, know that this brings your loss margin. Uh, and this will anyway brings you and distribute this loss margin on this uh, other products in your store. And this is actually, uh, I hope this is consumers will not hear this. <laughs> we all hear professional retailers, right? But yeah. <laughs> right. yeah, this is suggesting. So Capitaris product in mind, um, let's talk about the retail uh, landscape and whether retailers and brands do you believe are ready for massive adoption of artificial intelligence-based pricing and using that as a tool to, to help them uh, price their goods and services. Tell, tell me a little bit about what you see in terms of the market uh, adoption level now currently and, and where you think it's trending or, or where you think it should be trending. Ah, that's amazing. You know, that is an interesting fact again, just Gartner just posted uh, probably early this year, even before uh, the recession uh, became so strong, they posted uh, the, the analysis, they called AI use case prism for retail. I don't know if you have some like follow-up materials to your podcast, I can send you this. They actually analyzed the all possible innovation in retail and put them in like in the summit triangle like this business value creation, uh, a lot of like pressure on the bottom line, feasibility, it is 23 innovation. And they put number one innovation is actually innovation in pricing promo and markdown optimization, just because this is only one thing what give you the bottom metrics higher, right? And by the way, this drone delivery and or mixed reality is number 23 because they will not back to your PNL shortly. And yeah, and they, I think that in the global, this is retail absolutely ready. They have no chance. And I mean, uh, also, you know, at like this labor cost is growing. We can hiding this, but all know that that is AI automation right now is a king. And I see, for example, even on those conference, how many uh, fun automation project was done where people spent less time on this monkey job, as I said, right? And they right now focus on focusing on choosing the strategy or validating some AI suggestion or AI recommendations. Yeah, in my opinion, this has already started maybe more than two years ago, like massive AI adoption in retail space. And retails is getting better right now because the main bottleneck uh, was there just on their data lakes. They actually technically was not ready on the data foundation. Right now, situation is much, much better. And yeah, that, that Gartner says that is all fine. And, uh, and they even showing the order of the uh, areas where you should adopt AI first. With that in mind, Alex, talk a little bit about some of the you know, there's ingrained ways of doing things. And this is a, a use of AI for something um, that is touching, that is as important to the consumer as pricing um, is got to, you know, retailers are going to have to shift mindsets a little bit sometimes. This has always been kind of thought as a, as a merchant's um, responsibility in terms of pricing and thinking about that, handing that over to a technology such as artificial intelligence requires some sort, you know, some level of a, of a mindset shift that within a retail organization. That said, tell us some of the legacy mistakes that you're seeing most retailers make, um, you know, in terms of their blind spots with, re with respect to their current pricing strategies. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, great question. My opinion that the greatest mistakes is actually not taking innovations there. 
I can mention, I can't mention, of course, the names, but really billion dollar retailers, multi-billion dollar retailers still manage their pricing and Excel. If you know guys, for example, uh, like any like big banks like JP Morgan or investment bankers, they they hiring uh, not mathematician for trade, right? But they allow algo trade. I mean, uh, the category managers in retail, they great product pickers and they should be great on that. If something can help them there, honestly, sometimes even has a very, very limited education in basic analytics or basic math, you know? And them to force them to trade is actually was like legacy mistake of retail. What I've seen from my six years career in back four as well. Like, and this is, I mean, absolutely opposite right now to give them um, uh, this help is actually they, they, the second biggest mistake. They think that that is EI or any software, they will re replace them. It's absolutely not. Right. This is actually Excel on steroids. It's actually certain brain in the room. What can help you in model, just imagine on the assortment of 7,000 items in the store, we model more than atoms in the universe, the price optimal uh, possible price combinations before the system recommend you their, your optimal position. And right now AI became quite really like it's no more like a black box right now is more like a white or a gray box if you want to call that that i mean they will see the reasons why uh the model pushing this price there for example they can show you that is a trend is going down demand is going down you, for you for example no sense to follow competitor if you want to achieve your stock uh, targets yeah you should go by price even lower than competitor to keep your uh, to keep your uh target on this uh, on the assortment right and this is something what uh we are continuously facing for example we just launched the free of charge the uh, of uh, the link um digital course for price optimization uh, pricing basics we try to educate people to not afraid the advanced technologies and they, if we are excel can calculate 20 different factors and showing you the possible variation of the future why i should avoid this and not use it yeah, being willing to have that innovative mindset and and use technology wisely as a complementary tool. To your point, Alex, this isn't replacing people's jobs. This is helping them do them smarter, work smarter, and work more effectively in the end. Right? Yeah. By the way, actually, I I'm historically seeing like we also like 2018 on the market. We can see how actually the average age of category manager is developed like the younger they became younger and younger. And technically right now that is easier to deliver the stuff. They already expect that that uh, uh, modern tools should help them with the complicated calculations. Uh, you should be a, as a uh, coach on the, on, the, on the field, right? You need to select the strategy where I should go, do I should go there. And the, all the rest, like this complicated calculations, what actually human brain just even can't imagine, they just should be delegated to the machines and it happens right now everywhere. But you're absolutely right, it's about just the right understanding and and you you mentioned the the critical factor that speed plays into this as well you know the 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 amount of data crunching that an artificial intelligence model can do you know speeds up the process you can then optimize your pricing up or down um based upon demand at that current time right so in kind of operating in real time um versus taking days or hours, days, weeks to change pricing to, to optimize and then potentially missing missing uh, windows for that. Absolutely. And actually, or not doing nothing. I, I say there's the biggest uh, insights what we found that is uh, most of the wrong pricing decisions what actually not made. 
I mean that that is doing nothing is the biggest yeah. problem we seeing in the historical data. Just people just not react that, and then they scoping this quarter report and say, oh, where it was where, where is our sales? But I guess where you was three months ago, what is really happens? You know, that they was busy for something. Yeah, something. having that static pricing strategy that's not. Uh, it being optimized in in real time really can impact margins and then obviously the PL as you as you noted earlier so thinking about consumer behavior it's become omnichannel they're they're looking online then they're going in store potentially to make the purchase or vice versa they're looking at things on in store before you know maybe it's more convenient for them they'd rather have it shipped to their home so they're buying online how does pricing factor into that in terms of consistency so Used to be the school of thought was that pricing had to match online and offline in your stores. Is that still the case in your opinion? And I would imagine there's greater challenges for retailers in optimizing pricing in store, given the kind of um, the time, you know, it's more of a manual process, I would imagine. So talk about pricing consistency between channels and, and how AI can help there as well. Uh, great question. Actually, it was an amazing conversation back probably like 2000. 21, the first the the at NRF conference it was a huge panel about the omni-channel and omni-pricing. That if you are a retail professional professional and listening probably this your podcast, they know that the elasticity is different, right? Even cost structure is different between online and offline. And you're absolutely right, the competition is faster and maybe more busy in some particular products. And technically, from the money-wise, is no sense to keep the same price in a both channel and right now this again i called it a huge trend the omni channel is it doesn't mean uh, omni price and again the fun fact that customers also notice that and of course uh for depends on the industry and the consumer electronics you want to see the your uh laptop at the same price in, online and offline and what is actually happening right now first of all retail retailers continuously shifting that they technically has a different prices in different channel because for example you're selling to amazon as well right amazon is absolutely different audience is a three times four times more competition than your offline store would sitting staying on the middle of nowhere for example right you have no direct competition in, in close five kilometers around your store or miles sorry and this is something what uh ai right now really really have a cool help that you can see in real data-driven insights, for example, like only 5% on average, your audience is actually your uh, multi-channel audience who buying online and offline. In most cases, the majority of the audience stick to one channel. They do, they can do comparison, of course, and depends on the, by the way, of course, on the item price. If you're buying the new refrigerator or TV, you will be um, watching this, etc. But by the way, the YouTube is a more uh, uh, the place where you selecting the item, and then the, yeah, you just search in the Google and buying in the closest place or cheapest place. Yeah, and this is my my how AI is actually helping that. They helping actually uh, highlight those items. What you should keep single price in different channels and actually drive those great experience of your customer that they are not confused by the situation and the knowing the items what actually was selling and buying only by some specific audience in this specific store and that specific area of, of again depends on like your cross-border retail or your huge offline retail you have customers in california and same time in new york and washington that is where algos uh, can help just you to again segment your items show you insights and give it help you with the strategy 
for some categories or for some retailers, they make sense to keep the same price. But in most cases, again, from the PL perspective and to help retailers to uh, walk away from this uh, problem with a shortage and dropping their uh, businesses and margins, it's better to keep the uh, optimal price in, uh, in a channel is one of the way how you can optimize your GM. Yeah, because we've seen this kind of dynamic pricing model in other industries outside of retail. I mean, travel comes right to my mind. You see dynamic pricing with hotels based on demand and, and airlines, you know, based upon demand at the time and prices could change. You know, you could look an hour later and it's the price of a flight has changed dramatically. Do you see retailers kind of getting in that mindset and they're, you know, and, and getting to a, a point where pricing is changing? I know you used the example of Amazon. Um, and it is already doing that, like more and more retailers, you know, optimizing pricing continuously throughout the, the purchase process. Yeah, good question. Actually, I am not a big fan of that. Even you see, we're doing the price um, pricing software, right, Joe? But I always say that pricing should be dynamic. Price should be opti optimized. Look, the AI itself is not a human. And again, that's you know, the part of the first part of your question is amazing because yeah, this is a travel industry that's really generate this stuff. But have a, they has a multiple reason for that. For example, we not travel with you the same time and same day into the same city, right? It happens really, really rarely. And but when you shop something and you buy, I don't know, new drone. And with a good price on, on the best buy, you will share this experience with your neighbors, right? And they will go there and they will see different price. And that's what they says in professional world call it price discrimination trap. And for retailers, it's really easy to get to those price discrimination trap that they try. And it was earlier cases. I actually had a huge pitch about that on the wrong way how retail try to leverage this dynamic pricing. And I will say your prices should be optimal, not dynamic. It, what does it mean? The AI itself, for example, in our algo, that, that is like 20 factors. And all what models do, they try to put you on the optimal position. If, if demand is not changed or something is, they, the model actually don't try to force you to change items every hour. They try to find the optimal price and, and don't keep it as long as possible because it's also for a lot of items is very good. You know, the people really like them prices stable. Honestly, right? Consumers really like the prices stable, but same time they already in the game. Uh, they already know and this is game change is no compliance. It was Price Waterhouse from the great research on that stuff, and the customer said that they looking for optimal prices, not minimal prices. Optimal, and optimal means, for example, when I go into my office and I want to have like bottle of water, I'm happy to pay like four dollars per 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 water uh, in my block in my office building, right? But when I do my weekend shopping, I would be stressed by this price. I need to go out. I happy to go outside the city, make all this purchase, and yeah, the my answer like for retailers, please bring the line. The price dynamic pricing is not great because is a really we should be very careful with that because a, to get to this pricing this price discrimination trap is super easy, and actually destroy your audience. But your pricing can be optimized. I mean, you can change price this in the same cadence. For example, weekly for offline retailers, as most happens times that happens on the weekly basis, and daily for online or several times a day, but. You need to review your price pricing decision. Doesn't mean that you need to change it. And this is like some um, difference. And the algos, right algos, exactly helping you with that. Analyze if all our 
elasticity is fine. Elasticity to the store location, to competitor, to the to the stock, etc., is fine. They, they will stay. You know, the latest algos is also was some you know uh, biased around those dynamic algos because some companies honestly trying to copy those um, travel way of pricing and is absolutely not applicable for retail because we have a demand we have a customer we should care about him because he will return tomorrow or day after tomorrow or he will say his neighbor hey look i make the great deal you should be sure that you can <laughs> make that deal again and not lose the trust is why in my opinion yeah it's not about dynamic it's all about optimized position but if yeah, if the if market is like that and you need to change because the, the, the market has shifted, you should be yeah. able to. So you've provided some really great insights um, and advice here, Alex, on pricing strategy and what retailers need to be thinking about. Um, I'm interested if you're going to uh, give any final thoughts for our audience on, um, you know, what they should be. Uh, thinking about or, you know, one final takeaway as they uh, evaluate their current pricing strategies, what would that be? Yeah, I, I want to suggest like two two basic things. The first one, of course, we we on the time when we need to save our G, uh, restore our gross profits and gross margins. And the way in the, in the, we need to find the right way to do so. And actually, this is about rethinking, restructuring the category uh, structure and Finally, ship. We call this the portfolio-based pricing. It means that we consider several items at the time when we decided the optimal price. Is only one way how you can slowly uh, increase your prices, but same time keep your customer trust and then plus that trust. This first thing, and the second uh, takeaway, I think retail I continue need to continue investing in data lakes and data structuring because the most of the software what right now rising and will rising next three five ten years all those ai tools in marketing and supply chain in pricing and promotion they all base it on historical data and well-structured data if you can uh actually say and proud by your data storage is where you should focus on i still see some customers and retailers they're focusing on building products don't build the products the, your main product is actually data what you own if you can really invest in in data structuring data uh, warehousing and optimal way of connecting different vendors for different needs this is something what you really will win in next three to five years and for you it would be not a problem any other situation, global situation, you will be able to implement the right solution in the right time and actually optimize your prices, warehouses or something like this. So that's a great place, uh, I think, to wrap up today's conversation. You've provided a, a lot of insights. Uh, Alex, for those that want to learn more about Compaterra, how it might be able to help their retail businesses um, and other resources that you might have available, what, uh, what would you tell our audience? Cool, thank you. We have a great pricing community at LinkedIn uh, where we're supporting and the, uh, actually the majority of the key uh, pricing experts in the retail market is playing there. Please come and visit uh, this, uh, and join our LinkedIn community. Also, we're sharing there all the sites on our website. You can find a very useful like piece of content in the blog about the pricing challenges and, uh, and the key takeaways as well as the key studies. And as well as I mentioned before, the free of charge, our academy, and you can uh, push your merchants to at least visit this and pass the course it's like five hours course and you they can get this basic pricing uh certificate about the basic basics in pricing and they will know 
a lot of interesting stuff and probably return this and uh the and margins um like tremendously yeah please join this community and we about the sharing the knowledge and trying to invest this as much as we can Great. Well, uh, I want to take the opportunity to thank Alex Galkin, the CEO and founder of Compaterra, for joining us on this episode of Total Retail Tech Insights. Thank you, Alex. Right. Thank you, Joe. Thanks for listening. For more information on this podcast, please check out our podcast channel page at mytotalretail.com slash podcasts for show notes. Total Retail Tech Insights is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Make sure to subscribe on our podcast channel page as well. If you've enjoyed this episode, please take a few moments to rate and review this podcast. Thanks, and until next time, this has been Total Retail Tech Insights.